three, two, one. Oh my goodness. Good morning, good afternoon, whatever it is for you. I hope you're having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports, episode 451. Welcome in. Good morning, whatever. Again, the whole thing. Hope we're having a great day. Uh, today, we're doing mostly Ask Zach about the division around of the NFL playoffs. A couple other stuff to talk about. Um, I do want to start with something that I would not normally start an episode like this. But I have kind of a thought. I literally sat down. I'm like, you know, I've been kind of pondering something. I feel like I should share it, although I don't really know. I don't. It's not a finished thought. So bear with me here. I'm going to share a half-baked thought that I'm still developing. But I think it's worth putting out there now because I just I I don't know I'm working on it we'll see if I can develop it into more eventually down the road but for now this is what I have it's something to the effect of that I I think about sometimes when you're in a situation something triggers an idea for you and you're like oh that sounds awesome and a new life kind of appears to you and you're like oh and you realize "I, I don't really know that I like the situation I'm in I think Aaron Rodgers, the moment that Jordan Love got drafted, it was kind of a a light bulb moment for him that made him go, oh, I don't have to be in Green Bay. Like, they don't don't want me. What if I went somewhere else? What if I went to another team? What if it wasn't four degrees in January when I was playing a football game? What if I was in California somewhere? What if I was in Florida? What if I was in Denver where they got better receivers or what, you know, whatever it is, right? I truly believe that the minute Jordan Love got drafted, it began the process of Aaron Rodgers saying goodbye to Green Bay. He he started to think about because and by the way, in any kind of relationship, whether it's football, dating, friendship, whatever, the minute or especially actually with your job, the minute you think about being done, that's the beginning of the end. And I think Aaron, when they drafted Jordan Love, started thinking about, huh, you know. What if I didn't have to work with these people? What if I wasn't in Green Bay, Wisconsin? And I think Aaron began to get excited for a fresh start. And I think that's where Aaron is now. I don't think he's going to retire. I don't imagine Aaron Rodgers retiring. I think Aaron Rodgers would only retire if Green Bay truly just would not let him leave. And he's like, he's, you know, completely hand, you know, what's the completely locked up and wouldn't be allowed to go anywhere else and. He's miserable. I don't think it's going to happen. I, I think the Packers would trade him before they would allow him to retire. I, I don't think it makes any sense. The the amount of you know trade pieces and draft picks and whatever they can get in an Aaron Rodgers trade is too valuable. Plus, their salary cap is a mess. They need to get him off the books. And so um, I, I think Aaron's excited to go somewhere else, which is understandable. Um, despite my criticism of Aaron Rodgers, let me tell you what, I, I understand the... The idea that, oh, a fresh start, something different, something new, that, that can be very exciting. And I, um, I, I've said before many times, and I think I said it very critically, but let me say it in a more calm way, maybe in a less critical way. I am very, very excited to watch Aaron Rodgers go somewhere else to play quarterback because it's been a couple years in a row now, the Packers falling, you know, coming up short in a playoff run. And everything but Aaron Rodgers gets blamed. It's the defense, the receiving core, the coach, the special teams, whatever. And I I just want to see, okay, how much has it really been the Packers holding Aaron back? Have they been holding him back at all? 
I, I want to see Aaron in Denver where it'll change the narrative a little bit and make people go, okay, pressure's on. Let's go. And I think, you know, that just sounds like an exciting fresh start. I think Aaron wants that. I think, I think everybody wants that. And uh, it's been a lot, a lot of drama in Green Bay. And I, I'm very much looking forward to the day that Aaron potentially plays for another football team. All right. Um, oh, one other thing real quick before I get into Ask Zach. I did a series about the Man in the Arena, the Tom Brady documentary series, breaking down every episode by every episode. And I was very excited because episode 10 is all about Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay and winning a Super Bowl. However, we never made one about episode 10. Here is why. It never came out. I don't know what happened. I don't know if Tom Brady didn't want a distraction during the playoffs or what, but we never actually got to see that episode never came out. You know, mysteriously just I like it, you know, I waited for Tuesday. Last Tuesday came. Nothing happened. I was pretty heartbroken actually. I literally went to bed and was very sad. I like kind of had like an oppressive couple hours. I was like, "Oh, I was looking forward to that." And I was like, "Dang it, you know." And I uh so if you're looking for that, I'll I will record an episode about Man in the Arena episode 10 whenever it does come out, but you got to know it's it's actually not out right now, so I, I can't do anything about that. I can't create content uh, about an episode that doesn't exist. All right. Let me finish putting on some uh, lip balm. It's Aquaphor Lip Repair. Ooh, it's chapstick. I don't know. Why are there so many names for that? I have no idea. It's time for Ask Zach. It's my favorite part of the show. In case you do not know how this works you go to patreon.com forward slash zach shomler there's a lot of you i love you i really appreciate you guys you give a dollar a month you can give more if you want to please do it literally helps pay my rent but a dollar a month gives you access to submit questions on patreon now if you submit a question i do not guarantee to read it on the show my only guarantee is i read the top couple questions and I look at every single – sorry, my only guarantee <laughs> – I shouldn't say that. My only guarantee is I look at every single question with my eyeballs. I will I, – I may or may not respond. I may or may not you know, hit like or whatever, but I will look at everything and consider everything. I try to answer as much as I can on Patreon. I, I'm, I'm messaging people back. It's a lot of – I try to have a big community there. But um, my only guarantee there because it's a lot of – I'm doing a lot of stuff is that I, I look at every single question with my eyeballs. I pick the top couple and read them here on the podcast. Question number one today, Nathan writes in. Nathan says, man, oh, man, Tannehill has been pretty disappointing and really screwed Tennessee over against Cincinnati. Do you think the Titans should move on from him soon and find somebody new who can actually avoid throwing interceptions? I don't know how you can replace Ryan Tannehill quickly. They have an out after next year, so... Next year they're paying him. I think his, cap, his salary cap is thirty eight point six million dollars next year, which is an absurd amount of money to pay a Ryan Tannehill level quarterback, who's like you know the fifteenth best quarterback in the NFL. I, I, that's a horribly large amount of money to pay him. Um, and after next year, they can void his contract and move on. So what I would do if I was Tennessee is I would draft a quarterback this year in the second round or the third round. Try to land on a Gardner Minshew or Davis Mills type. Remember, Jalen Hurts is also a second-round pick. Like, you can get a quality quarterback in the second round if you find the right guy. Especially, you know, the key to drafting a quarterback in the second or third round is getting someone who is confident and has the right temperament. Gardner Minshew 
fifth, sixth round pick doesn't care. He's like, I'm confident. I believe in myself. I I worry about Jordan Love, that Jordan Love doesn't have the confidence to be a successful NFL quarterback. Like, hey, I saw a video of Joe Burrow today at LSU. By the way, early on in his LSU career, which is, like, impressive, he gets in there and goes, hey, he talks to the leader on defense, you ready? We're coming after you guys today. Like, he is just, he's confident. That's the key, man. If you can find a quarterback in the second or third round who's willing to grow, who's coachable, who can sit behind Ryan Tannehill, who's very comfortable, believes in himself. I mean, you could, quarterbacks develop way more than people realize between being drafted and the first couple of years in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes openly admitted. I saw a video of him yesterday. Shout out to, I think, LeBron James' company, Uninterrupted. Uh, it was Uninterrupted. I think LeBron James is a part owner in them or something. Um, there's a video of Patrick Mahomes talking about how yeah, I didn't play quarterback till my junior year of high school, and I didn't really know how to read a defense till I got to the NFL. What? Okay. So if if you are a first of all, what that means is everybody should draft a quarterback like Malik Willis. You find someone incredibly talented, you teach them how to play the game. Boo, yeah, that's what you do. But B for Tennessee, draft somebody in the second or third round who's talented, who's got a good attitude, who you can coach. And, and I that's what I would do. I think that's the best possibility for them to find a successor to Ryan Tannehill in a clean way. If that guy doesn't pan out, then after next year, you can get rid of Ryan Tannehill's contract and then really start a full court press to get a new quarterback. Um, but I don't, I just do not see a possibility for how Tennessee can replace Ryan Tannehill this offseason. I just don't see a path for that to happen. Raphael writes in about that, though. He says, Hey, Zach. Tennessee has been feeling like they are an elite quarterback away from the Super Bowl. Could they replicate the Stafford trade with the Seahawks? Tannehill plus two first-round picks for Russell Wilson. Does that sound like a fair trade to you? No, it doesn't. What does Seattle get there? Really? They get a a limited quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, and two first-round picks, which... They're terrible at drafting in the first round. I, I don't know why Seattle would do that. I don't know. I mean, look, it's, maybe it's not the worst trade because in theory you have a, a mediocre quarterback, but you're paying him way too much money. You're paying Ryan Tannehill Russell Wilson money, which I would not want to do. And you get first-round picks, but you get them from Tennessee, who's going to be – if you trade Russell Wilson to Tennessee, they're going to be a good football team. This is not like when – I just I, – I don't see how you – the reason why the Lions traded Matthew Stafford away was because Matthew Stafford quietly told them, I don't want to be here anymore. And they're like, crap. Well, we can't – we can't, like, let you go for nothing. We need to make some kind of move that gives us a quarterback and gives us a couple ways to build in the future. That's why the Ryan Tannehill trade happened. I don't know why Seattle would agree to a Ryan Tannehill trade. That's why the, that's why the Matthew Stafford trade happened. Excuse me. I don't know why a Ryan Tannehill trade would happen with Seattle because they don't want Ryan Tannehill. He's not good enough for them to build around and win. Uh, And he's expensive as all get out. I just don't see how anyone wins there. I I think if anything, you might be able to trade for, you know, Deshaun Watson might be available from Tennessee. But the problem is that from Texas, excuse me, but Tennessee and Houston are in the same division, so no one's ever going to allow that trade to happen. Like, you're not going to help your division rival. Give them a quarterback. Um, I still maintain, Raphael, the best thing that Tennessee can do 
is just draft someone in the second or third round. Maybe trade for a guy like Gardner Minshew. I, I think they're Gardner Minshew is the untapped quarterback in the NFL that I'm just like, I can't believe no one wants him. The other thing you could do, here's the problem with trading for Mitchell Trubisky, you know, getting Mitchell, I think I think he's actually a free agent. Here's the problem with signing Mitchell Trubisky or bringing you can't bring back Marcus Mariota, are you kidding me? Neither one of those guys are better than Ryan Tannehill. So you gotta find a quarterback who's better than Ryan Tannehill next year to take advantage of your roster. And I don't think I just I simply don't think Tennessee can make that happen. I would be shocked if that was possible. Sully writes in and said, I'm a Packer fan that really enjoys football as a whole. I am sick of the gut-wrenching playoff losses year after year, and I'm tempted to join you in NFL fandom rather than fandom in a particular team. What are the pros and cons? I may be overreacting the day after, but I'm definitely shaken. Sully, here's my advice. And, and, well, a couple of things, actually. Number one, if you're a Packers fan, you can't stop being a Packers fan. From what I understand about being a fan, is something, it's something you can't really turn off. Um, I, I was turned off from a, the Seattle Mariners when I was a kid because I was heartbroken and I gave up. And I still – it hurts me emotionally to this day to see stuff happen in Seattle. I go, ah, it makes me upset. I'm probably still a closeted Mariners fan. Like it's, it's when you're emotionally tied to something. Look, you can renounce your your you know your your license as a Packers fan. Sure, right, whatever it is, your um, your membership. <laughs> but if you see the Packers lose in the playoffs, it'll probably still hurt you for at least for a while. Here's my advice for you, Sully: Stop rooting for a team. And root for players, root for people. I root for, I love Tom Brady. I love Gardner Minshew. I love Josh Allen. I love Patrick Mahomes. I love uh, Joe Burrow is like my favorite quarterback in the NFL right now, right? Justin Herbert. The more I learn about Justin Herbert, the more I really like him. Justin Herbert hates the media. And what I mean by that is he doesn't like the attention. He doesn't, let's back up. Justin Herbert doesn't hate anybody. But there's a great video on the Chargers TikTok or Instagram or something where it's a compilation of Justin Herbert finding creative ways to avoid cameras and avoid the media. And I love that. Uh, okay, I, I, the more I hear about him, I'm like, I like this guy. He's awesome. And so I, I root for people. The reason why I have been rooting for Cincinnati in the playoffs is because I really want Joe Burrow to do well. I like Joe Burrow. He's very compelling. The reason why I wanted... You know, I wanted Tom Brady to win because I love Tom Brady. And now I'm rooting for Matthew Stafford because that's fun. Matthew Stafford's a cool story, right? You, it's Get behind a cool story. And then it's a lot easier because when an organization makes moves you don't agree with, they get rid of a player you like or they make a trade or whatever. Like I feel bad for Houston Texans fans over the years. They've had to watch Bill O'Brien trade away. You know, oh gosh, DeAndre Hopkins, Laramie, Laramie Tunsil trade was, I guess, helped them, but it was weird. There's so many weird moves that have gone on in Houston that I don't know how I could support the organization, but I could find a favorite player. I love Davis Mills. Good for, I like him. You know what I mean? So root for people, not organizations. I don't know why anybody would, it's, at the end of the day, like a football team is basically a corporation. Why would you root for a, an organization? An organization, a, a corporation. Like I never, I never understand that. It's a business. There's no people. You know what I mean? Like the reason why I root for stuff in a quote in a business is because I like the people involved. 
So I, I like Tom. I like the Buccaneers because I like Tom Brady. If Tom Brady leaves Tampa, do I care about the Buccaneers? Not at all. I mean, I, Bruce Arians is interesting, but I'm not going to stick around. Like, who cares? So root for people, not teams. I think you'll find your life much easier. Plus, you know, the other thing is sometimes there's a burden of watching your favorite team every week. And I would imagine people that watch their favorite team every week miss out on some really good football games because they're they're really laser focused on this one thing and this one community rather than going, I have the best thing in the world. I sit back and I'm like, okay, there's a bunch of games happening on Sunday. Which game out there? is the best game happening on Sunday. And I get to watch that game rather than beholden to, like if the Packers are playing Detroit. Do you want to watch that? Why would you want to watch the Lions against the Packers? That's a terrible game. The Packers are going to win easily. Maybe not next year, but definitely this year. So, um, yeah, root for people, not organizations. You'll have a lot better life, I think. Steven writes in, says, Hey, Zach, so the MVP is essentially, let me back up. Steven says, hey, Zach, so the MVP award is essentially a quarterback award exclusively. It excludes performances such as Adrian Peterson in 2012. Do you think that will ever change? Both Cooper Cup and Jonathan Taylor deserve votes for it, and I feel if Derrick Henry didn't get injured, he would have been in serious contention. Anyways, I appreciate what you're doing. Keep on doing your thing, bud. You're the best. I hope a non-quarterback wins this year because there's not really a standout quarterback Tom Brady probably, I think, is actually more impressive than what Aaron Rodgers did this year. Um, Aaron Rodgers won last year. Tom Brady's won before. I'm, I'm really tired of quarterbacks getting the award. Um, I, I really, I would love to see Cooper Cup win the NFL MVP. That would be very, very cool. Cooper Cup um, has been just incredibly special. Won the Triple Crown, you know, most catches, most yards, most touchdowns, everything. Um, the, the real answer to your question, though, Steven, is that we need a separate award. MVP is not all encapsulating enough of the NFL. It's too broad. It's too – and it, it, when you allow quarterbacks to be compared to a receiver or a running back or offensive lineman, it's like – or really any – because it's, it's the entire rest of the league. Like quarterbacks are just so much more important than everybody else. You need to have a, a quarterback award and then an everybody else award because you can never – and also like how do you compare a lineman to a receiver? Linemen are never going to win that award even though some linemen are amazing. You know, the, the left tackle for the Chargers was unreal this year. Rashawn Slater. I think he should win rookie of the year. Like, literally. Um, so, I don't know. I, I, I am going to figure out how I'm going to do awards this year. I'm probably going to do an award per position because I don't think MVP is vague. It doesn't mean anything. And it really means, hey, which quarterback had the best numbers? And I don't – it's becoming less and less compelling every year. They give out the NFL MVP award. Thomas writes in, he says, you'll never be able to convince me that NFL overtime is balanced. Every other sport gives both offenses a chance. And the fact that your fate could be sealed by a coin toss is ridiculous. I don't know what the answer is, but it's not this. Yeah, let's think about that for a moment. In baseball, you get extra innings. Every team gets three outs. You know, the opposing team goes up, they bat first, then the home team bats, right? In basketball, you get like five minutes and there's enough. Everybody gets a ball. Everybody gets a real chance on offense and defense back and forth. Football's a weird sport. I I hear you, but I I am starting to – look, I I move like a glacier. I move very slowly. And for most of my career, I've been very much against NFL overtime changing. But the more I consider it, the more I'm like, yeah, 
You know, it's one thing, again, in the regular season, fair enough. You want short games. You don't want people to get hurt. I don't mind the NFL overtime rules in the regular season. Although, again, I want to avoid ties. I hate having ties. And I really like the thought of having just, you know, in uh, in college, they just do two. They literally, they don't do, you get two possessions, and then you get two-point conversions after that. Everyone just goes for two from the two-yard line. If I, I like that. That sounds fun to me. Um, there, there's so many better options than what the NFL does right now. They have ties, which is weird. I don't like that. I, I want to have a definitive winner, if nothing else, because it's, is a tie more valuable than a loss? Yes, but is it a win? No. So it's this weird, ambiguous thing in the middle. It doesn't help anybody. Um, so Brandon right in with a, a, an interesting question that really expands on this idea. It says, hey, Zach, I am absolutely blown away by the amazing weekend of the divisional round football games, especially compared to the wild card. But they absolutely need to change the overtime ruling. If not the regular season, they need to for the playoffs. It's absolutely absurd they allow college kids to be able to play till 1 a.m. and have class in two days, but not allow adults with multi-million dollar contracts to play a little longer than regular games or allow them to have a chance to score as well. It takes away the organic high tensions of a football game when the first team can win just by scoring on the first possession. I think you're right. I, you know, I, Yeah, when you look at... The NFL should not be worse at something than other leagues that clearly have a better solution. And I think that's an embarrassment for the league. When you're, when you're able to directly compare the NFL to college football and go, oh, college football is, like, way better at that. It, it, it puts a stain on the NFL. Again, you can't have a year decided by a coin toss. That's what happened between Cincinnati and Buffalo, or between Kansas City and Buffalo. And in the regular season, I can handle it. I don't like it, but I can handle it. In the postseason, when it literally depends who goes to the AFC Championship game or not, and maybe who goes to the – because that, that Kansas City-Buffalo felt like the Super Bowl, really. Like whoever wins that game probably wins the Super Bowl. Maybe the Rams have a chance, but I think KC probably wins the Super Bowl here. And that got decided by a coin toss. Are you – I – yeah, the more I say say that out loud. Hey, who's going to go to the Super Bowl? Flip a coin. What? No. No, 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 no. And so, I, I, yeah, I'm changing my opinion here. I uh, I would like to see. I, I think you just steal. I don't think the NFL would steal college overtime rules. I think they don't like doing that. They don't like admitting that college is a better plan. Plus, they want to find their own original idea. But I think we can all agree that what they're doing currently sucks really bad. And, uh. If they were willing to literally review pass interference and you could challenge pass interference, which worked horribly, we did that for a year. We can't try a new overtime system. I want to try that. I want to try a new overtime system. I think that sounds awesome. Landon writes in and says, Zach, what does your ideal Super Bowl watch party look like? <laughs> Pretty close to what it's going to be this year. I live on an island alone. And I'll be alone watching the Super Bowl. That sounds amazing. I'll probably get, um, you know, there's a Buffalo Wild Wings nearby. You know, the problem with that, though, is trying to get Buffalo Wild Wings on the Super Bowl is, is I, you know, likely just a terrible, terribly difficult thing. Uh, there's a McDonald's down the street. Maybe I'll get, like, a Big Mac and just watch, watch the game. I need some kind of fun food, so that's, that's what I need. Uh, no alcohol. I don't drink. Um, you know, probably the best thing to do would be to, to get something 
that I make myself because then again, I don't have to fight. I, I hate fighting against the like you order pizza on the Super Bowl and it takes forever. You're you're fighting against other crowds of people. So I think I need to just go. I don't know what I'm gonna do yet. I'll I'll, I'll get back to. It. I need some kind of food. That'll be fun. Probably like. Like Mountain Dew because I'll be tired. And I like the energy and I like. Some, I, I can't drink alcohol. It really messes up my throat. Um, but some kind of maybe Gatorade, some kind of like fun drink. Um, and then you know, honestly, so I'm gonna have a great time this year alone. No one can bother me. I really like watching football that way. It's the perfect because I hate at Super Bowl parties when people are like either pretending they know football and they 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 really don't. They have no idea what they're talking about or. I'm, I'm literally talking like there's like 50-year-old dudes that are like, I, I played football back in the 70s. And I'm like, shut the hell up. Like, they're like, run it. Run it up the middle. And I'm like, dude, it's it's fourth and 13. What are you talking about? Or there's people who just will not stop talking about stuff other than the game. And I'm trying to watch the game. Like, I'm, I'm intently focused, taking notes, like focusing really hard. So I don't – I can't do that. Uh, you know the other thought, though, that I had, Landon, that comes to mind that sounds really fun? Is you get? I love my dad. My dad's one of the only people I really enjoy watching football with because he's quiet. He doesn't ask dumb questions. When he does ask a question, it's actually an interesting thought, or he'll have good insight about like, "Hey, did you see that guy's facial expression? It looks like he's like he has very um, interesting insight about human behavior." That's always been helpful to me. And then my stepmom is great. My stepmom and my dad are some of the best people in my life because neither of them, my dad and my stepmom, are not exhausting to be around. Uh, I'm I'm an introvert, so being around people is is exhausting and tiring. They're not; they're just very low key. They're they're very. I don't need to care for their emotions or manage their emotions or keep them happy. They're very self sufficient. They're happy themselves. I don't need to care for them. They can just hang out and it's all chill. I would love my dad watching football next to me, and my stepmom cooking. My stepmom is the best cook, and then my stepmom can interject occasionally, and be like, "Oh, look at that! You know, Tom Brady had a touchdown or whatever happens in the Super Bowl." That sounds like a great Super Bowl, and I'll probably do that next year. This year, I'll be alone, and and you have no idea how happy I'm about that. But next year, I would like to watch the Super Bowl with my dad and my stepmom. I'm going to make that happen. I easy to do. I just either if I'm still here, I'll fly there. If I'm in the lower 48 in a van, I'll just drive to their house. <laughs> you know, like I, it'll be pretty easy. And that sounds like a really, really, really good time. Uh, the next question today comes from Sawyer. Sawyer says, hey, Zach, there's a lot of talk about who's been going to take over at quarterback for the Steelers now that Ben is retiring, Big Ben. Realistically, who do you think will start for them? I personally like the idea of Marcus Mariota taking over the helm as he brings a veteran presence and is still relatively a young player that can help with the locker room cohesion. Well, this is something I would love to see. I think they're more likely to stick with Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins. I'd love to hear your thoughts and potential dark horses for the starting role. Cheers. Marcus Mariota is something I hadn't thought of in Pittsburgh. That's actually a good idea. I think he's a guy who I would like to see Marcus get another shot. Not just because he's from Hawaii. Like, I think he actually has some talent and some good stuff going on. Um... More importantly, though, I hope the Steelers get a quarterback. I, I do wonder about Marcus Mariota. Does he have the personality to, to bring that locker room together? you got the old and young divide. I think really what they need in Pittsburgh is a quarterback with a lot of swag. Like, you know who would be ideal in Pittsburgh? I mean, he'd be ideal anywhere. It's Joe Burrow. Somebody who can really, really bring people together and has confidence and a strong personality. I don't know that Marcus Mariota has a strong enough personality to speak up and bring people together the same way that 
Joe Burrow can do in Cincinnati. But I think Gardner Minshew would be great in Pittsburgh. Um, I, I would desperately want to see that trade happen. It's not going to happen. If they stick with Mason Rudolph, I, I would be horribly disappointed. I think they're going to try to draft a guy like Kenny Pickett or Matt Corral. They're going to try to draft someone in the first round, I think, but I don't know that they'll be able to. But we'll see if they can actually get someone they like in the first round. Um, but that's that's one of the big looming questions in the NFL is what is Pittsburgh going to do at quarterback? And what's cool is in April, you know, by April we'll have an answer. What is the Steelers' plan at quarterback? And that's a fun thought. Come April when the draft happens, we'll either know that they traded for someone or they signed someone in free agency or they drafted somebody. And if they do none of those, then, oh, oh man. Then the firing squad's coming out to make fun of Pittsburgh heavily. ENK writes in. He says, Zach, thank you for calling out Aaron Rodgers. I'm a Packers fan, and our fan base always places blame on somebody other than Rodgers. Last year, it was the coach. The year before, it was the defense, and this year, it was the special teams. Elite quarterbacks overcome that, and now I'm beginning to wonder if Rodgers is just a statistically elite quarterback and nothing else. Man, you know what's... You know what's cool to see? I I have old videos out there, like from two years ago, talking about how Aaron Rodgers is always getting a pass that are like getting views now because people are like starting to finally agree with my old takes and go, oh, you were nailed it like two years ago. I'm like, yes, I know. Aaron Rodgers lost the public opinion this year, not only with the way he handled the vaccination crap. I don't, I don't really care about that personally, but that, you know, that's, that's his life. That's other stuff that's not off the football field to me. But that really hurt his public image, and then really what hurt him was losing, right, the way they did. And a lot of people are starting to finally agree with stuff I've been saying for a long time, which is that, yeah, he's really talented, but can we stop making excuses for the guy? you got to hold his feet to the fire, and uh, I'm, I'm very glad to see people finally starting to come around and agree with that stuff for me. Piers writes in, final question today, says, hey, Zach. Would you rather have to go down the field and get a field goal with 42 seconds left and no timeouts? So 42 seconds left on the clock, no timeouts. Would you rather have that situation or 13 seconds left with all three of your timeouts left? I'm not just thinking about time, but also how open your playbook is. Cheers, peers. I don't know how to answer this because it is kind of a really interesting conundrum. I would rather have 42 seconds left because you just have more time to work with. I, I let's let's here's what we'll do with this this answer here. How how I answer this question. I want people to appreciate what Patrick Mahomes did on Sunday because he had zero margin for error. You can't afford to have an incomplete pass. You can't afford to have a misread. Like apparently the Travis Kelsey throw was totally improvised. Are you kidding me? I wondered why he threw the ball so late to Travis Kelsey. Like, why did he wait to see where he was going, then throw the ball? That's why. He had no idea where Travis Kelsey was going to go. The, the, really, the balls of steel it takes to, you know, have a, a plan that isn't really a plan with eight seconds left on the clock, season on the line, zero margin for error. Like, you... you Name another quarterback in the entire NFL, and this includes Tom Brady. It includes, I think Aaron Rodgers has done it in the past occasionally, but not, not 13 seconds. Like, who else in the NFL 
gets the ball 13 seconds left, own, you know, 25-yard line, and actually can win the game. I don't – I think Patrick Holmes might be the only one. I've never seen anything like what we saw on Sunday. Two quick completions. They got, like, 45 yards, kicked a field goal, game over. What? I believe it was 19 yards to Tyree Kill, 25 yards to Travis Kelsey, something like that. 13 seconds left. You take 10 seconds off the clock, five seconds per play, a big completion and a big completion, game over. You win. And it helps you have all three timeouts, right? Because you can throw the ball in the middle of the field, immediately call a timeout. That's great. But still, still, even with the timeouts, which do help you open up the, the, the whole field, you can't afford an incomplete pass. You can't afford a guy to stumble a little bit. You can't afford – there's no margin for error there. Um, and I saw something I really agree with. I think it was, oh my gosh, I want to give him credit. The bald guy, the John Middlecoff, shout out to John Middlecoff. Um, he had a take. He said, look, the, the trio in Kansas city, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill might be the best trio we've ever seen in the NFL. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of agreeing with him. What those three guys do together. It's unreal. I mean, they're going to win probably another Super Bowl together this year. And it's, it's, a, it's not a dynasty, but it's a borderline dynasty. If they do it again next year, like, I just – it's unbelievable the talent they have and the way they play football together and also the fluidity with – look, Tyreek Hill is not just a fast guy. There's been a – John Ross is a great example of someone who's really fast that didn't work in the NFL. He's like a backup in New York right now. Tyreek Hill has a really, really good feel for the game. A little bit of wiggle, how to get open, where to go with the ball. Same with Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey is so good at finding open windows and making defenders, you know, shaking free of defenders, whether it's a wiggle of the hips, a, a turn of the, a dip of the shoulder. You lean in, you lean off, you're wide open. Like, and the way they play together in a very improvisational way is amazing in Kansas City, and uh, they got to get their shine. Let's appreciate what Patrick Mahomes did, and let's appreciate how good Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey are. And, uh, you know, I think I, I'm, I've been kind of in the camp all year that I'm like, I'm really tired of Kansas City. I want to see somebody else in the Super Bowl. I'm actually now at the point, and I hope you guys can get on board with this, is where I'm just going to sit back and appreciate what we get to see in Kansas City because it's – Really impressive what they're doing. And, uh, oh, man. You know, that's going to make, when I say that on uh, my predictions episode for this weekend, that's going to make Kansas City fans very happy. I'm going to sit back and enjoy watching the Patrick Mahomes show. We got two more games left of it. It's going to be awesome. I'm assuming they're going to beat Cincinnati. No offense to Cincinnati, but I would be absolutely shocked if the Bengals won. And uh, enjoy the show. Just enjoy what this trio, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and Patrick Mahomes can do, the way they play football, the way they play, they ad-lib. They make all kinds of stuff up on the fly, and they do it together. So They're playing flag football in the NFL, backyard football sometimes, and it's they're, they're so much better than everybody else, and it's amazing, and it's fun to watch, and I hope you enjoy probably their final two games together this year, which is the AFC Championship game and then the Super Bowl. Guys, um, I love you. I appreciate you. It's 10.15. I'm going to the beach in 30 minutes, looks like. My friend's about to pick me up. So I will talk to you later.
Um, by the way, I was going to end the show anyway. That just happened to. It, I, I timed this intentionally to record before I left. Uh, I love you. I appreciate you. Have a great day. But um, bum, bam, we are done.